Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the postcast. I'm Sean Fairholm, and I'm here with my co-host, Cassie Stein, who has a special treat for us today, for everyone listening. Cassie is interviewing Tim Mickelson, agent to PGA Tour stud John Rahm and brother to five-time major champion Phil Mickelson and emergency caddy whenever needed. Without further (laughs) ado, let's jump right into Cassie's conversation. Tim, thanks so much for joining us today. Let's get right into it. Ever since starting as an agent, I'm going to assume you don't get to play much anymore, but what are you shooting these days if you're still competitive? Are you still competitive? Uh, it depends on the day, Cassie. Sometimes I can play with the best of them, and other times I look like a, a, a pretty much a hack. So it, you're right, though. I don't get to play nearly as much as I used to. All right, let's stay on the subject of Phil for a second. How was it growing up with him? Is there a favorite memory you have on the golf course with him, maybe growing up as a kid? You know, there's really no favorite memory. I just can't think of a bad memory. Uh, You know, with him being seven years older than me, we had like the perfect brother-brother relationship. Uh, We never fought. He was always sort of like my mentor and and my bodyguard. And obviously I was always his little brother to sort of do what he wanted with but you know we were always uh you know we never fought we never threw punches we never bickered um you know I I couldn't imagine having a a better bigger brother and I've got a great big sister too awesome did he have any impact on you making the jump from um, coaching college golf to becoming an agent you know he really didn't the only thing he told me is that um he feels that I, I would be and will be successful in whatever I I choose to do in life, whether it's coaching or being agent or or do something else. Uh, And that was comforting for, you know, hearing that from somebody who obviously I've known for a long time, who's been in the golf industry. So he knows based on my personality and how I think whether or not uh, I could be or would be successful in this. Maybe a question everyone wants to know the answer to, because a lot of us know that Phil is one of the best ping pong players on tour. So who is better at ping pong, you or Phil? Well, this is a tough one to answer because it all depends on how long of a series we play. If we play a best of three, he will kill me. If we play a best of five, it's probably 50-50. And if we play a a series of best out of seven, I'm pretty much going to win those all the time because his main advantage is his serve. But with any, just like a poker player, his serve has a tell. Once I figure out that tell then I can return the serve, and then I've got the advantage. So it takes me some time to get into the rhythm. Uh, so I always try to play a best of seven against him. <laughs> I thought you were saying because I thought you were going to say it because he was that much older than you. He wasn't going to last that long. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could say that, but you don't run enough. If we were to play tennis, that'd be a whole other story. Yes, that would be a different story. All right. Yeah, I would wear him down. <laughs> All right, switching subjects um, to John now. You were with John for four years at Arizona State, and then you saw you obviously you saw him grow so much. What was it that made you want to make the jump with him and become his agent? It, it was pretty simple. Uh, obviously, I, I was able to watch his golf game, so I knew he was very talented. Uh, but I believe and and believed in him as a person, both on and off the golf course, with what he represents, how he acts, how he carries himself, how he thinks how he cares for other people, uh, that I basically said, you know, this is the type of person I'd like to spend a lot of time around. Uh, And when the opportunity presented itself, uh, it just sort of worked out. And I said, yeah, let's do it. How was his golf game when you first saw him and then compare it, I guess, to now how it is on the PGA Tour? Yeah, obviously he's improved. Uh, He was very talented even as a freshman. 
Uh, he made some some what we used to always call freshman mistakes. You know, short siding uh, themselves too much, going for certain par fives that were you know not smart uh, decisions. Um, but as he grew, uh, he really you know as a sophomore, that's when I really basically thought, well, this guy's gonna you know he's gonna have a very long career. Uh, in this sport, and so all we try to do is continue to to work on his uh, his you know I can't even call it a weakness, but we we're trying to make whatever we could find as a weakness and turn that more into a positive or a strength, and just continue to build the type of player he was. And uh, he just he just got better in every facet of the game, little by little, um, you know. And I think one of the big things for him is he believes in himself and he knows he can play golf and um, wants to be on the biggest stage. And so um, you know when he got out to the tour. Certainly, I did not expect that he would have this much success so early, um, but it also doesn't surprise me. You know, I mean, with with being around him, I know he wants to compete every week at a high level. Gotcha. Ladies and gentlemen, we're on with Tim Mickelson right now. Tim, another question about coaching and being an agent. Are there any similarities in in that 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 you've seen so far? Yeah, I think there are a lot of similarities. You know, uh, as a college golf coach, uh, you, you know, your goal is to sort of do everything you can for your players to help them become a better player, make their lives easier with school, you know, be there to help in life decisions. You know, and as an agent, you're doing the same thing in, in the sense that you're trying to make sure that you help create the best team around your player, whether it's from the physio, a trainer, a sports psychologist, a swing coach, um, and then also working on time management with your schedule and which tournaments to play in based on uh, types of grasses people like to play on or simply how to schedule around majors or WGC events. Um, so I, I do find a lot of similarities, and I think one of the, the key factors is, is obviously good communication between the player and the agent, and I think that helps quite a bit when you have a very positive uh, atmosphere, and, and I'm lucky that John and I have that. You've done a lot of things in golf. You yourself played college golf. You coached, obviously, at a few colleges, and now you're an agent. I know you've only been at this agent thing for a few months now, but is there one part of your life in particular, in in the golf you know atmosphere, that sticks out more than more than another. Oh, geez, not really, um, not really. You know, I, I love my time as a coach. Um, I love being around the kids and, and helping them mature. Um, but I, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing with John too, and being able to spend time with him and watch his career take off, and and trying to help manage uh, certain things within his within his career uh, has been a lot of fun. What's the most difficult thing about being an agent that you didn't think would be as difficult? Have you, have you noticed anything yet like that? There really hasn't been anything difficult. Um, I think, you know, being a, a new rookie or a new agent, therefore like my rookie season, just, you know, the learning curves of, of knowing the little ins and outs of, of what goes on uh, on tour and, uh, you know, how the pro-am works and how, how they determine tee times and how players get in, you know, all those little categories and stuff, learning those. I wouldn't say it's been difficult because it's been a fun little challenge to learn that and, and learn something new, but that's probably been the, the most difficult thing, I would I would say. Gotcha. Are you recruiting to add any more players into your carousel right now? Yeah, obviously. Um, eventually, when I find the right the right player, um, you know, um, then, yeah, we'll certainly expand and, and can continue to do that. I, I wouldn't say I'm in a huge rush because um, I want to make sure I service John um, as well as I can, but... Uh, you know, if somebody comes to me and, and wants representation, well, you know, uh, I'm more than happy to, to have that discussion and, and then possibly do it. I saw you were at um, the Pac-12s this past week. Uh, there was a little snow out there, right? 
Yeah, that was crazy. That was that was unbelievable. They actually they had a, a snow delay for about thirty minutes during the round, which for me was perfect because I had just sat down for lunch. <laughs> uh, and then they played in the snow for about an hour to an hour and a half on Friday, trying to finish the second round as much as they can. And then all of Saturday got wiped out because overnight uh, the city of Boulder got about eight inches of snow. I think the course only had about three or four. Um, but the, the staff at Boulder Country Club and the volunteers did an amazing job just getting the course even open for Sunday. Uh, they even had volunteers shoveling snow off of the fairway so that these kids could go out and play. And they were able to finish round two and, and then play all of round three. So definitely a, a situation I have not seen before at a college golf tournament. Yeah, I can imagine that. All right, Tim, last question for you. Um, what is What does John's upcoming schedule look like for the rest of 2017? Uh, so really, the only thing we have so far is set through the U.S. Open. Uh, he's going to play this week at the Wells Fargo Championship. He's going to play next week at the Players Championship. And then he will also play Dean and DeLuca down at Colonial and the Memorial and then the U.S. Open. After that, we're still sort of up in the air. We're still you know, talking about scheduling and, and what uh, best fits. Awesome. Well, obviously, we look forward to him playing, and hopefully we will talk to you again soon. Tim, thanks again for your time. You got it. Thanks for having me, Cassie. Cassie, that was a, an insightful look into Tim Mickelson. Really enjoyed that. You know him fairly well, but did you uh, learn anything new about him here? Did anything uh, surprise you? I learned that if he's going to take on Phil and Ping Pong, he has to go all the way to seven games, not three, <laughs> not five, seven games. So <laughs> that's always interesting. No, um, you know, I, I just think he has such just a big resume from, you know, he played college golf himself. He, he coached at a few colleges and now he's an agent. I just, I just feel like he has so much knowledge in the game of golf that I think whatever he says that you can just learn so much from him, regardless of what, um, what point it's on, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're so used to talking to players or talking to college coaches or, uh, he's done a little bit of everything. He's kind of a Renaissance man. So, uh, that's, Pretty cool to get his perspective on a few on a few different topics and uh, and what an opportunity he has with John Rom because I think we all agree that John is going to be a a top five player in the world uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, he's a force to be reckoned with right now. I mean, he's just played unbelievable ever since leaving Arizona State after four years there, and now with Tim, you know, he's been with him for that many years now too, four years and and counting. So I think this dynamic duo is just going to keep you know, rising up the charts or the world rankings and just keep getting better and better. And yeah, he's going to be around for a long, long time. Did you know the story behind Tim leaving Arizona State and going with John? Were you kind of familiar with the details about that before talking with him? Um, a, a little bit, you know, um, he, he kept a lot of things close to the vest. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wanted everything to work out and not to hurt anyone's feelings, you know, at Arizona State or anything like that. So um, I knew a little bit beforehand, but nothing major. But um, it seems everything's worked out perfectly for him. So, um, you, you know, you just you just got to give the guy credit. He knows he knows where to go and when to do it and how to do it. So um, good for him. And we'll see a lot of him, I believe, Tim, um, with future players on the tour. Absolutely. And of course, his family still has a close relationship with Arizona State. Uh, Phil Mickelson building a short game course there. And I'm sure Tim still being a a, a very valued part of that program. So um, they're always going to have a good Sun Devil relationship there. 
Let's uh, go right into our winners of the week. We'll kind of run through them here quickly. Uh, a lot of playoffs this week, Cassie. Uh, long playoffs, uh, marathon uh, playoffs, kind of like a baseball game that goes 20 innings and a couple of these. Um, the first one, the PGA Tour, Cameron Smith and Jonas Blixt won the Zurich Classic with that, that new team format. Kevin Kisner chipping in late on Sunday night in the dark pretty much to uh, force a Monday playoff. But Smith made a birdie on the fourth playoff hole to attack uh, to end that and get his first PGA Tour win. He's getting into the players next week, so that's pretty cool. On the European Tour, Alexander Levy of France won the Volvo China Open, defeating Dylan Fratelli in the playoff. Uh, Levy is the first player to win that event twice, so good on him. On the LPGA, this was a really long playoff, six holes between uh, Christy Kerr, who could really have used that win for her uh, Hall of Fame re- resume, and uh, Haru Namura, who won her third LPGA title at the Volunteers of America Texas shootout. Uh, poor Golf Channel having to juggle two screens there between the LPGA <laughs> and Zurich Classic. Uh, I'm sure they would have liked to have had a little bit of a cleaner uh, end to their their Sunday, but hey, we all got to do what we got to do. And uh, on the Web.com tour, Matt Atkins was the boss at El Bosque in Mexico. That's his first win on the Web.com tour in 47 starts. Good stuff from the uh, 26-year-old there from South Carolina. And uh, in amateur golf at the Coleman Invitational, Scott Harvey won with an even par 216 total. Uh, I was there at Seminole Golf Club, Cassie. What a beautiful day, a beautiful moment there at the end of the round. Uh, Harvey really won this for his dad. His his dad won the Coleman Senior Division twice and uh, had a special connection with the, the people at Seminole and the golf course there. Uh, Bill Harvey passed away three and a half years ago, and uh, Scott really wanted this one badly to be up there, uh, have his name up there with his dad. Uh, he earned it. This was a really cool moment. So uh, a lot of good stuff from from this past week. Yeah, the, the Harveys are just legends in amateur golf. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Um, we're going to move on to the schedule this week. Um, out on the PGA Tour, a change in venue for the Wells Fargo Championship, which takes place at Eagle Point Golf Club this year, where world number one Dustin Johnson is back in the field after his injury um, to his back prior to the start of the Masters. Phil Mickelson, Adam Scott, Patrick Reed, John Rahm are also all in the field this week. European Tour will be in England for the Golf Sixes this Saturday and Sunday. This will be wild. All six-hole matches... Pool play will be on Saturday, and then everything from the quarterfinals on will be contested on Sunday. Uh, Chris Wood, Andy Sullivan, Alex and Levy, who won last week, will be all in the uh, the field there. That's going to be really interesting to watch. And like you said, it's going to be a wild time, I feel. It'll be crazy. Uh, I, I love the six-hole matches event. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna, good, it's... good on the European tour. Yeah, I love it. All right, the LPGA, um, a little match play action this week at the Lorena Ochoa Match Play Tournament, which takes place at Club de Golf Mexico in Mexico City. It's a field of 64 with 32 matches of elimination, concluding with the final match on Sunday. Lydia Ko and Aria Jutanagarn highlight the field. Yeah, not on TV, so a a note there. Unfortunate. Unfortunate, but uh, we'll have coverage for you in in Global Golf Post. On the uh, web.com tour, they are in the Dominican at Corrales Golf Club in Putacana. Last year, Dominic Bazelli won, and he is currently playing uh, pretty well in the PGA Tour, the Auburn guy. So uh, maybe this year we'll have another future PGA Tour player breakthrough. Expect low scores. The winner was 24 under last year, so lots of birdies there in the Dominican. Wow. 
The PGA Tour Champions holds the Insperity Invitational at the Woodlands Country Club in Texas. The legendary Bernhard Langer, Miguel Angel Jimenez, and defending champion Jesper Parnovic are all in the field this week. Very cool. And, uh, and in Amara Golf, we have a couple more big events this week. Uh, the Terracotta Invitational, I'll be over there at Naples National this Friday through Sunday. Great field, as always. This event continues to get uh, better and better every year. And also the Carlton Woods is taking place this week in, uh, in Texas. So uh, without further ado, let's go right into Bingo, Bingo, Bongo. Uh, last week was the Zurich Classic, of course. Uh, Cassie, I did not do well whatsoever. Uh, I think you did a little <laughs> bit better than I did. Maybe a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I had, I had Jason Day and Ricky Fowler winning. I don't know what happened there. Um, they got cut, unfortunately. Um, my sleeper, uh, the Japanese duo of Matsuyama and Tanahara, they finished T32, so that wasn't too bad. And then I didn't think the brothers were going to get along on the course, evidently. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Brooks and Chase Kepka, they finished T5. So, And Chase is playing in the Wells Fargo this week, so I, I was just all not good messed up last week so that's okay how about that chase kepka getting a huge break from the classic event a break that he would not have gotten otherwise uh, at least at least not this year uh so that's huge for him what if he plays well at the wells fargo and then and gets in uh possibly uh to to another event in in may yeah. so uh, maybe colonial so uh that that's really cool for him um i had daniel berger and thomas peters and like jason day and ricky fowler they struggled in the alternate shot format and just did not have enough juice in the uh the, the best ball format to make the cut so that was uh that was tough for them my sleepers were brandon grace and louis ustazen they were t24 so that's not not horrible and uh, i had your japanese duo to uh to miss the cut and they made the cut. So uh, egg on my face from the Zurich uh, Classic after my uh, glorious win with Kevin Chappell in, in San Antonio. I was going to say it was a down week for you, but for me it was just typical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's a new week. New so week. I, new week. I'm going to clean clean. Clean slate. Let's just start all over. Um, I'm picking John Rahm to win this week. After talking with Tim, he sounds really up on him again. I mean, you can't you can't be down on him. I mean, <laughs> he's he's a rookie this year and he's already won. He has five top tens, including a win and a second in his last six starts, and that's not even including the Masters. And he's second in strokes gain from tee to green, and I find that very interesting. So um, I'm going with John Rahm. Yeah, he just has no weakness, does he? You know, we, we always look at these players and we, we go, oh, you know, Kevin Chappell can't putt and he's a great ball striker. You know, w- w- whatever the, the case may be, a lot of these players, most of these players have something in their games that they really need to work on. John Rahm is just solid everywhere. And uh, right. that, that bodes pretty well for the future. I have Kevin right. Kisner to win. Obviously played well last week with, uh, with Scott Brown as his partner. But, you know, he's a South Carolina guy. And did not grow up all that far away from Wilmington, North Carolina, where the tournament is this week. I like Kisner to uh, continue to play well. Uh, he played well at Bay Hill, was in the final group there. Uh, I like him to have a pretty good tournament and a good year in 2017. Very nice. As my sleeper, I'm going to go Paul Casey. Um, he has four top 20s in his last five starts and, and, and top 10s in his last two. Um, he's 16th in strokes gained from tee to green, and he's eighth in scrambling, which I think is huge for him. Um, 
since, you know, his short game is very well-rounded. So um, I, I think he'll I think he'll play well at Wells Fargo this week. It's never a bad pick. Paul is just another one of those He's guys that is so a great consistent. ball striker. Yeah, so consistent. He's always around, yeah. always around. Maybe he has not won as much as he would have liked to in his career, but he's just always in the mix, it seems, uh, whenever he tees it up. Great mm-hmm. pick. My sleeper, I'm going pretty far off the board here. Uh, Julian Edelaine uh, of Argentina, who played really well with Angel Cabrera last week, was T5 at the Zurich. Love this kid's golf swing. He's made his last five cuts in the PGA Tour. Uh, I'm going to take a flyer. Uh, you know how these things work, Cassie. Sometimes a guy just plays well one week. Um, this is a little bit unique because he played with somebody else. But, you know, sometimes they just play well one week and then they go on these quick two, three-week uh, spurts of playing really good golf. And uh, I'm going to take a, to a flyer on Julian to, to play well this week at the Wells Fargo. That's what I did with Rafael Campos a few weeks ago. Absolutely. And then he did yeah. play well. Yeah. And then he did play well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I earned maybe a point there or something. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then my player to miss the cut this week, I'm going with Patrick Reed. Mm. Um, he finished T14 in the team event last week, but prior to that, he had three straight missed cuts. Um, he was T28 last year, but the tournament also took place at the Quail Hollow Club. Now it's at Eagle Point Golf Club, like we mentioned earlier. So we'll see if he can adjust accordingly. But um, I'm, I'm going to pick him to miss the cut. He just does not seem on the right path right now. And don't forget, Patrick Cantley has played, had a pretty good year. And that was his partner last week in the Zurich. So, right. you know, got a little bit of help there probably. I think mm-hmm. uh, the other Patrick probably, uh, you know, carried him a little bit. So, um, you know, Patrick Reed's had a pretty tough year. I think that's a pretty solid pick. I'm going to go with Jim Furyk. To, uh, to miss the mm. cut this week. He's missed his last two cuts. Uh, missed the cut at the RBC Heritage uh, and, and the Masters. I think, you know, he just doesn't play quite as much as he used to. And maybe a little bit uh, fatigue still after coming off of uh, the the injury last year. So um, I'm going to take Jim Furyk to, uh, to miss a third straight cut at the Wells Fargo. I know it's still early, but I'm sure he's doing some Ryder Cup um you know, press and travel and recruiting for that too a little bit. So maybe that's taking away from his game a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I remember Tiger saying that he didn't want to be Ryder Cup captain yet because once you become captain, it kind of signals the end of your career where, well, you know, maybe not the case for Davis Love, who won fairly recently uh, a couple of years ago and at the Wyndham. But, um, you know, typically when you become captain, it's kind of, kind of the beginning of the end in terms of uh, really – competing on a, on a week-to-week basis. Right, right. Well, on that note, that's all the time we have left this week on the postcast. Please follow us on our social media channels, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just just search Global Golf Post and you'll find us. And if you have any topics you'd like for us to discuss, tweet at us. You can find me at, at CassieStein25 and Sean at, at Fairway Fairhome. Until next time, for Sean and I, hit him straight. See you later.